Look, I know it might sound strange, but Darius Taylor will make Gophers history this season. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What's up, y'all? You are listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we're diving into football. We're talking more about the 2024 season because there's some topics that feel like we hear a lot of excitement about some of these players, but what are some realistic expectations and what is the upside? We're going to talk about Max Brosmer. We're going to talk about Darius Taylor, and then we're going to talk about the schedule because I want to talk about a couple games that I think are getting overrated and overhyped. And I think it might be a little bit too much to the point where the Gophers will maybe pull off some wins that others don't quite expect. So we're going to dive into all of that today. First, we're going to kick it off talking about our boy QB1 Max Brosmer. And what is a realistic outcome for Max Brosmer in his one and only year with the Gophers as the quarterback? Now, I'm not going into this season thinking Max Brosmer is going to throw for another 3,000 yards, 25-plus touchdowns, and really rewrite the record books in one year. Now, if he does, more power to him. I hope he does. I'll be pulling for that expectation that he does, but the expectation part of it the realistic part of it, I'm trying to get to what you can maybe expect on, on a, a most likely outcome. Now, because those numbers that he had with New Hampshire with the two years over 3,000 yards, two years with over 25 touchdowns, interceptions staying low, all of that was coming in an offense where in 2023, he was attempting 41 pass attempts per game. And in 2022, he was attempting 32 pass attempts per game. Now, the latter might be a little bit more realistic than what that 41 attempts could ever be. But at the same time, I don't even think he's going to get up to the 32 pass attempts that he saw in his junior year. Now, what is a passing attempt number that could possibly be more realistic for a Gophers team that says it wants to pass the ball more? But we all know it is going to be a run first team first and foremost with Darius Taylor leading the charge. But if you look at the Gophers passing attempts over the last five years, you'll see what maybe something more realistic could look like. So in 2023, with Ethan Kalik Manis at the helm, the Gophers passed the ball 24 attempts per game on average over the course of the season. You move it into 2022, the year prior, with Tanner Morgan and Ethan Kalik Manis, the Gophers attempted 22 passing attempts per game. You move it a year prior to that, 2021. Lowest of the five years, 20 passing attempts per game. Tanner Morgan was the sole quarterback that season. Then you get to 2020. In the last five years, this is the most passing attempts per game for the Gophers in that time period, and it was 26 passing attempts per game. So you've seen 24, 22, 20, and 26. And then in 2019, the, the year everyone loves, the year everyone remembers, the magical year where the Gophers absolutely balled out with 11 wins. 
Minnesota was passing the ball 25 attempts per game. Now, that might sound low, but it is. The Gophers have never cracked the top 100 for passing attempts in a season in the entire country, and that's not something I think that they're really going to do anytime soon. Now, if they do, if they get to the 80s or something like that, more power to them. Hopefully, that means we're trending in the right direction, but I'm not going to count on that production until I see it come to fruition of some capacity. I've done, I'm done being fooled by Coach Fleck and staff that this team will pass the ball more. Now they will possibly have more efficiency. And that's what you remember in 2019. That's what you saw with two 1000 yard receivers on the team. It came on 25 passing attempts per game, but the efficiency and the effectiveness was out of this world, and that's why that team was so special. But if you're a betting uh, man or woman out there and you're only accounting for slight change or improvement, then I believe counting on the Gophers having about 25 or 26 passing attempts per game is probably more realistic. And that would still be some of the highest we have seen with Coach Fleck and crew here in Minnesota. Now, if you want to say there's a little bit of an increase, you see a step up in the passing game, more balance in our offense, and you put it towards 28 passing attempts per game, that maybe could be still seen as somewhat realistic. I think if you want to get spicy and you say 30 passing attempts per game, that's probably the highest we would see even from a high-level quarterback here in this Gophers offense. But looking across the board, the Gophers often saw about 8.5 yards per attempt over the course of the last five years. Now, last year, Ethan had a 6.3 per attempt. That's pretty bad. Uh, The 2019 year, Tanner saw 10.2 per attempt, which is out of this world really good. But the average that consistently showed up was about 8.5. And in the year that both Tanner and Ethan played in 2022, they're both sitting at about 8.5, 8.6. So the Gophers are typically sitting at 8.5 yards per attempt. Now, if you go to Max Brosmer over his last two years, his average yards per attempt sat around 7.5 or 7.6. Now that's the last couple of years. So let's split the difference there. And let's say that we sit at eight yards per attempt because Brosmer doesn't necessarily air it out or take these downfield shots all the time, but rather makes the right and smart play Meanwhile, the surrounding talent here in Minnesota at wide receiver is going to be better across the board than what he was working with in New Hampshire. So if we split the difference and we say eight yards per attempt, I think that feels like at least a realistic option for the Gophers. So you're putting all this together and we give maybe Max Brosmer 61% completion percentage, which is lower than his nearly 65% last year and the 62% that he had the year before that. Now, if you take all those numbers, quick math tells us even ticking down the production that he has seen over the last two years and giving it a more realistic outlook, if he was going 25 pass attempts at 61% completion with 325 attempts, that means he'd complete about 198 completions for 2,600 yards. If you give him 26 passing attempts, that's 338 attempts for about 2,704 yards. And finally, if you give him that 28 passing attempts, the higher end that we were talking about that could maybe still fall into realistic, and you give him that completion percentage on his 364 attempts, he would come out around 2,912 yards. So yes, it's not going to necessarily be up in that 3K that we're used to seeing, but any of those scenarios that I just listed out, 2,600, 2,704, 2,912, 
all of those would give Minnesota its second best season at the quarterback position in the PJ Fleck era. And also two of the three of those scenarios, the 26 and the 28 passing attempts seasons or the numbers that we ran there would give Minnesota its second best production since 2008 Adam Weber coming from the quarterback position. And that's just from yardage. So if the Gophers fans are trying to set realistic expectations while also remaining hopeful, I truly believe Max Brosmer can give us the upside in the passing production that we saw from an Adam Weber or a lit a Mitch Leidner. But maybe at a more efficient clip with less interceptions. And that is a very good quarterback season in general. If you can give us that production while also ticking back on the interceptions and the turnovers, I think that is exactly what this Gophers team would need. Now that type of QB production paired with a run first team with one of the best running backs in the big 10 and maybe in the country could give the Gophers fans some hope for this one year of veteran quarterback play that could take place in 2024. But speaking of run first, I think that's more of a realistic outlook for Max Brosmer. But I think Darius Taylor is going to shock and awe a lot of people. Now, he might not shock and awe Gophers fans, but I'm guessing even, even if he does what I think he does, he still will shock and awe this fan base. But the world at large, the country at large, the media at large, they're going to be shocked. And I think that I, I want to tell you why I believe Darius Taylor will have a historic year for Minnesota, and it could be in 2024. That's what's coming up next. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because the NBA is underway. And you know what? We're counting or we're ticking past the all-star weekend, which means the best part of the NBA is going to be here before you know it. And that's the playoffs. But even this back half of the NBA season, it gives you all sorts of time to get in on and make your first bet over at FanDuel America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet that wins. So any $5 bet or more that is winning, you will get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 if your bet wins. And you can bet on some of your favorite NBA players like mine and Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, because we all know I love them Celtics. But you know what? I got mad love for Ant Edwards as well with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is a dog. He is the truth. And I love watching him play as well. And I definitely would take some looks over at him. You can look at quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. And if it's not a player thing, you want to get to the teams, they've got you covered there as well. So go to FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. And again, if you win your first bet of $5 or more, you'll get $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and of Locked On. All right, Gover Stan, so let's talk about Darius Taylor because I think Darius Taylor is going to have a historic year. Now, it might not be in 2024. It could be 2025. But one of these next two seasons, I think Darius Taylor is going to set a program record. But what record is that going to be? Well, if you look at the single season program records for Minnesota, you look at yards, the program record is 1,665 rush yards. That was Mo Ibrahim in 2022. Touchdowns rushing-wise, 20 touchdowns by Ibrahim in 2022. Rushing attempts was 320 attempts by Ibrahim in 2022, and then 100-yard rush games. There were 10 of them for Mo Ibrahim in 2022. Now, 2022 was a magical year for Ibrahim 
We all remember it and we all praise him for it. And that being said, he also has was the leader for rush yards per game at 153.7 in 2020, the COVID year. Now, of all these records, and some of those might be untouchable for Darius Taylor in the short amount of time that he might spend with the Gophers, but overall, I think he is going to get one or two of those records before it is all said and done for a single season record as long as health permits. Now, it's going to be tough to surpass those, but I think it is very possible for Darius Taylor to set the single-season record for rush yards in the next two seasons. Even at the clip of the 133 yards per game that he we saw last year from Darius Taylor, if he did that for a full season with a bowl game, Darius Taylor would have been on track for 1,729 rush yards, which already cracks that single-season rushing yard record of 1,665 that Mo set. Now, that isn't accounting for any improvement from Darius Taylor or anything. That's just saying if he, if we take what we saw from him on average last year and we stretch it across an entire season, a healthy season for Darius Taylor, he will break the record, and I think that's possible but I think he's going to improve. I think he's going to get stronger. I think he's going to be faster. I think he is going to slow the game down mentally and be able to play better with this team. But one thing that people don't take into account is that that was over the course of six games, 133 yards per game. But if you, that 133 yards per game, which led the entire country in rush yards per game, by the way, accounts for the one carry three yard game versus Nebraska. Now, if you remove that game where he just wasn't really given any shot or opportunities in the game, Darius Taylor's yards per game average was actually 159.2 yards per game in those five other games where he saw more than one carry 159.2 yards per game. Now that, that pace not only would set the single season record for yards per game for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but also over the course of 12 games and a bowl game would be on pace for 2070 rush yards. That would absolutely obliterate the single season rushing yards record. And I think it is attainable for Darius Taylor. In fact, I think he is going to have a historic year and I think it could come in this 2024 year. If that Max Brosmer line that we were just talking about plays out in the passing game opens up, it only gives more efficiency and more opportunity for Darius Taylor to find bigger gains, bigger yards and whatnot on the ground. So I think you add all that together and then you look at how Darius Taylor's already impressing with his spring workouts right now with the team. He's won multiple awards that the teams have internally with trying to kind of inspire and push the different teammates to really go after it. He's won it three times now. And you look at that and you look at him just taking on the challenge of wanting to be the greatest that he can be. Look, he is going to be a special guy. He's going to possibly break records here. And that's not even mentioning that you have to remember he is newer to the running back position. He switched to the running back position in his junior year of high school. So last year was his third year ever playing the running back position. Prior to that, he played as a wide receiver. Now, if you're looking at that, that tells you that he probably still doesn't even know how good he can be. We don't know how good he can be. The upside for Darius Taylor is out of this world. And that that's looking at how good his numbers were as a true freshman, how he always fell forward, how he always broke tackles, how he always was impressing no matter who the opponent was. Iowa, Northwestern, Bowling Green. They had quality defenses throughout the year last year, and Darius Taylor laid it on and then some. 
So I think Darius Taylor is set to have a historic season and better yet. Like I said, he's going to get better, faster and stronger this off season, knowing what it takes to play in the big 10. And also the game could start to slow down for him as a true freshman. Things go faster. Now he played elite as a true freshman, but regardless heading into year two, it's going to be a little bit easier. It's going to be a little bit slowed down to the point where he can see things and maybe make a, a shift a little bit earlier, hit a hole a little bit sooner. And that could make a massive difference on any given play. And on top of all of that, more success in the past game with Brosmer should only help him and open up more opportunities. And Darius Taylor is also an asset in that passing game. He can catch the ball. We saw it uh, uh, in glimpses last year. He had close to 100 yards receiving on 11 receptions last year. So if Darius Taylor stays healthy, Darius Taylor will be PJ Flex first running back drafted from Minnesota. I think that I, I'm willing to stamp that right now, make that claim and live with it because that's how truly special this guy is. And he could be the next Gophers running back to get drafted in the first four rounds since 2004 or 2005, 2006, when we saw Marion Barber go in the fourth round and Lawrence Maroney go in the first round. That is how great his upside is. So Gophers fans get excited, sit back, relax and enjoy these next couple years with Darius Taylor because you could truly be watching something special. He might not get all the career records, program records, depending on how long he stays, because I think the NFL will come calling, but I do think he is going to make some history in the single season records, single game type records, and it is going to be a wild ride here with the Golden Gophers. Now, finally, to close today's show, I want to talk about three games on the schedule of 2024 that I think are getting overblown. And people are talking about how hard this schedule is moving into 2024. And some of these opponents that they list are like, oh, they're going to be so difficult. I'm going to tell you three of them that I think are getting a little bit overhyped and that Minnesota could upset coming up next. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn, because when you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for your role, and you want to do it quickly, efficiently, and fast. And that's what LinkedIn does for you. LinkedIn Jobs, you got to check it out. They have all the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, and it is the best place to be. It's not just a job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to find the right hire. It, it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does it all while making the process easy and intuitive, and it moves uh, into opportunities for your network to connect with you and make suggestions. So you even have people you trust, people you have grown to really appreciate their work or they, you know, they know what you're looking for, for your small business that can make suggestions to you. On top of that, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates of the more than a billion professionals across LinkedIn. It, it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So it's time to check out LinkedIn Jobs, and you can post about your job for free by going to linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college, and they are constantly finding ways to make it easier and more intuitive for you because they know you as a small business are wearing so many different hats, and you might not have all the time to make that uh, make a job description or anything of the sort. 
And that's why LinkedIn has different tools you can use, including a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So go to linkedin.com slash college and post about your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gophers fans, I want to talk to you about three games I think are getting overblown in the 2024 Gophers schedule right now. And everybody I'm seeing out there is talking about how hard this schedule is. And I've already mentioned on here before, I think it's pretty comparable to the 2023 schedule. In fact, I think 2023's harder games were harder than what the Gophers' hardest games will be in 2024. But that being said, I think the 2023's weakest games are weaker than what we will see in 2024. So it's pretty comparable when you average it all out. But I think there are three games. Actually, I'm, I'm going to say three and a half games, maybe four, I guess, is the real answer there, that are overblown and that are getting way too amped up. And I think the Gophers could stand a chance to upset these teams that people are probably going to count them out against. Now, the first one that I want to talk about is Maryland. Now, Maryland had a really good year last year. Maryland lost only five games last year. They lost to the big three in Michigan, in Penn State, and in Ohio State. And everybody in Maryland, their fan base is probably praising to the good Lord about how they aren't in the Big Ten East anymore. They don't have to take on Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan year after year after year. They're happy that these divisions are gone. But that being said, it doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk for this Maryland team. Maryland is losing a lot of players. And in fact, they lost some games last year to teams that weren't necessarily seen as the top tier teams like Northwestern in Illinois. Now, Maryland not only had that happen to them, but they lost their number one wide receiver from last year. He's gone. On top of that, they lost the Big Ten passing leader in Talia Tungabailoa, who is officially in the NFL draft and will not be back for Maryland. That is a lot, a big thing, a big departure for them to lose, especially with how pass-heavy and pass-happy that team was. And the last I checked, they were set to lose potentially four starting offensive linemen, but they were making moves to address that through the portal as well, but you don't know how that's going to gel out. You don't know if it'll all click or if that person will translate to the Big Ten. So overall, there's a lot of departures on the offense, including on the defense. You have your best safety and a quality cornerback who are also gone to the NFL. So overall, Maryland has a ton of departures. Now they brought in a young quarterback in MJ Morris. Quality transfer definitely has a lot of upside and talent, but he's still very inexperienced. And defenses in the Big Ten are much different than the defenses that you're seeing on a week-to-week basis in the ACC. So how long will it take for him to adjust? Can he get to the same level that we saw from Talia Tungavello? Maryland played well last year, but like I said, it struggled at times, like with Illinois and Northwestern, losing both of those games last year. So the team still has its warts and a lot rides on that new quarterback. And if he can pick up where Talia left off. Now, it's a little bit different than the Gophers bringing in a transfer, Wisconsin bringing in a transfer, because those transfers are veteran guys who have multiple years of experience and that have experienced the speed of Division one football consistently. And that's one thing you got to ask yourself with MJ Morris is can he keep up with that speed consistently or will it take time to adjust? We've seen the upside quarterbacks. Ethan Kalik Manis was a high upside quarterback, but it didn't work out with the speed level for Minnesota in his time here. Now, speaking of Ethan Kalik Manis, another game I think is getting kind of hyped up when it comes to being difficult is the Rutgers matchup with Minnesota. Now, yes, it is on the road, but that being said, they're coming off a good year and respect to them for it. But 
It's their best year in a minute. And then you look back even one year prior in 2022, Minnesota ran this team off the field. And that was with Parasimiak as the defensive coordinator, the same guy that they have as defensive coordinator right now. So I think overall, Minnesota still has a favorable outlook when it comes to playing this Rutgers team. On top of that, the QB play, will it be elevated for Rutgers? Because we played Gavin Wimsett when he came here and he was a hot mess. He did not look anything like the upside player that people have been talking about for years, but it hasn't come to fruition or hasn't been consistent. Now, yes, they added Ethan Kalik Manis as well. And we, we know the type of upside he has, but we've also seen the warts. We've also seen the weaknesses. So I think the Gophers will have a very good feel for Cali Manis if he is indeed the quarterback for Rutgers. And I feel like that could possibly play into Minnesota's favor. But most of all, I am more of a believe it when I see it type of person. And for this matchup, I haven't seen Rutgers push a Minnesota team with Coach Fleck at the helm in quite some time. So I think overall that Minnesota has a good shot to be favored in that game or at least come out with a favorable outcome. And I think Minnesota will go improve it in 2024. Now, the final matchup I want to talk about is actually two. This is where I said the half, and it's UCLA and USC. Yes, the two California schools coming into the conference, I truly believe they're going to have a little bit of a difficult time transitioning to the Big Ten, especially UCLA. And honestly, the only team I may see making a smooth transition from the four teams coming in is Oregon. Now, I maybe would have said Washington prior to them being dismantled with through their staff and their coaching and also their players to the NFL and transfer portal, but it happened. So I think Oregon is the only team that's going to transition smoothly right away from jump. Now, when we talk about UCLA, they're that half for me because they're bringing in a new head coach who has zero head coach experience. I believe he doesn't even have any coordinator experience, yet people are still amping them up like they're going to be a top 10, top 12 team in the Big Ten. I don't think it's going to be easy like that. I think they could be a bottom team in the Big Ten, and I would not be surprised one bit, especially with the transition. On top of that, they lost their high upside five-star young quarterback who ended up going to Oregon. On top of that, they lost their head coach who had some some knowledge to him. He was a great offensive coordinator, in fact, or a great a great game game plan and uh, play caller is what I was going for there. So much so that Ohio State, the best team in the conference, brought him to their program as an offensive coordinator. So I think they lost a ton overall. And then on top of that, they lost their running back in Carson Steele, who's going to the NFL. They lost their best defender in Latu, who's going to the NFL. So overall, they could be a three to four win team. And I think they're getting overhyped like crazy. But the one that might surprise you the most is USC. Now, like I said, I think that USC is going to have some struggles coming into the conference. I think that a lot of people think very highly of USC due to their coach, and rightfully so. Lincoln Riley has been a quarterback whisperer, quarterback guru of sorts, but also due to Caleb Williams and what he has done there for the past two years. But Caleb Williams is not going to be on this roster next year, and that is going to have a huge impact on this USC team, especially when they had such a poor defense last season. And defense is everything in this Big Ten. So the quarterback is gone, and although Riley has had amazing quarterbacks, as a head coach, he has led teams with Baker Mayfield, who was a Heisman and number one pick, Kyler Murray, who was a Heisman and number one pick, Jalen Hurts, who was a Heisman runner-up and a second-round pick, Spencer Rattler, who might have been his 
worst quarterback so far, and he is probably going to be drafted into the NFL this year. And then finally, Caleb Williams, who is a Heisman and probably going to be a number one pick. So yes, Riley has earned himself some benefit of the doubt, but his quarterbacks this year will be much different than what he has seen over the past few years, especially different than what has been the norm with him. They didn't land the big transfers that they had been talking to, like a Will Howard or like a Cam Ward. No, some of the big transfer names, they went elsewhere, and their five-star recruit that they got from the 2023 class hit the transfer portal and transferred out to Boise State. So overall, their quarterback is going to come down to either Miller Moss, who will be a redshirt junior, or Jaden Mayava, who comes from a transfer from UNLV, where he did pretty good as a freshman last year. Now, Miller Moss is a redshirt junior who has seen some sparse time here and there in the past two years, but he did he did ball out in the bowl game last season against Louisville. So I'm going to give him credit there. He had 372 yards, six touchdowns, one interception on 70% passing. But overall, I think he can spin it, but we don't. he doesn't have the upside of a Caleb Williams. He isn't going to always burn you. And I think as teams get more tape on him, he might get a little bit more exposed. Now, on the flip side, you've got Mayava. He's no slouch at all. He balled out as a freshman with UNLV. He had 3,000 yards passing, 20 total touchdowns, and he can get it done. But both are rock solid, but neither are Caleb Williams. And even with Williams, last year, this team was 8-5. and five. So if their quarterback play isn't to the same caliber and isn't miraculous in taking them out of holes and the defense doesn't drastically improve from what we saw last year, then USC could be a six or seven win team. And being here in Minnesota and more towards the colder times, I think Minnesota could pull off an upset there and it isn't as scary as what people are making it out to be. Let me know your thoughts down below. What games do you think maybe people are cooking up a little too much? And then tomorrow we're going to talk about Gophers Hoops. They've got Ohio State on the docket. And we're going to give you a preview prior to the game on Thursday. All that and more here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Thank you so much for listening. Row the boats, guy, you go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.